That's a hockey, you know, it's only, it's only game. Why you have to be mad? You know why? Because bad things happen in Philadelphia. Bad things. What's up, you beauties? Welcome to episode 3.26 of High and Wide Radio, where we talk all things Philadelphia Flyers. I'm Jim, and I'm joined, as always, by Kyle and Jack. Please make sure to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Full Press Coverage app available in your app store. And while you're listening to our episode, check out our site, hwhockey.net. Guys, what's going on? Uh, I know we had some higher hopes heading into this show. Talk last Wednesday. You didn't. Okay, that's going to be interesting. So let's just get right into it, guys. Let's just dive right in. We're going to keep this short and sweet. Our show we had, I don't remember what we chose for records, but the Flyers had the Penguins two more times, the Capitals once, and the Sabres once last night before our show tonight. How are you guys feeling after those four games? I know that I personally, Jack, I think we were kind of on a similar page there and having a bit higher hopes. Kyle, why don't you kind of say your piece first here since you weren't as high? I feel like the fucking wheels came off. I, I, I kind of had a feeling the wheels were going to come off, and they popped off. I don't know exactly what the hell was going on, but the Flyers, as of right now, are not in a playoff position. And if they keep playing like this, won't be. Won't be in the playoffs. Yeah, Jack, so you and I had maybe a little bit higher expectations. I know, or, or at least we wanted them. I mean, I'm sure, Kyle, you wanted them to finish better as well. But I think, Jack, you picked a record of 2-1-1 one, one after those four games. What are your thoughts now after having uh, played those games? I mean, they did win two games, but it felt like they went 0-5. <laughs> like, you know, going it? back to the 5-2 to two loss to Pittsburgh to start out. I mean, that whole uh, – series looked rough i mean the pittsburgh game and the buffalo game very similar games where they just came out like ass and somehow battled back and pulled out some wins and the fact that the pittsburgh one was in regulation was huge so i had high hopes going into that uh that saturday game and they just they just couldn't they just can't they just find ways to lose you know they just find ways to lose and now they got the capitals and it's all right we beat them last time we should be okay here and they just they just look sluggish. And here comes all the uh, the talk about them being exhausted and whatnot. It's like, are you kidding me? You know how many other teams are dealing with the same crap? And we're gonna we're gonna start saying that shit. So I, after I got past the Capitals, it's like, all right, statement game, come out, blow Buffalo out of the water, show who's boss. And oh my god, that I mean that was just a joke. I, yes, they won in a shootout with a team, a terrible team without their best player. I'm, I'm, I'm worried. They got two games now against Washington. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think that's going to go? Like, I, I have no confidence in this team right now. I don't want to go into players yet because we're still talking about the, their record. I only missed a point. I thought they would maybe take Pitt to a shootout and maybe lose and get that that point. They did not. So we're still pretty close. But like Kyle said, they're out on the outside looking in. And when you break down all the teams ahead of us, they all are playing significantly better than the Flyers right now. Yeah, so I mean, uh, the show to listen to to break down the Mass Mutual East Division is full circle. Episode came out 
Monday. Make sure you guys listen to that if you haven't already. But just a quick rundown of the standings real quick for you guys. First place, New York Islanders. Second, Washington Capitals. Third place, Penguins. Fourth place, Bruins. Fifth place, uh, Flyers. The Flyers, I feel it's worth mentioning, have the fourth best win percentage. If it comes down to that at some point with all the COVID stuff going on, doesn't look like that's going to be the case anymore. Look, It looks like they're going to be able to play all these games. Uh, but yeah, as it stands, Flyers are a point out of the playoffs. How many games are they playing this year, guys? Do you know off the top of your head? 56. 56. Yeah. Okay, so we're coming close to the halfway point of the season. Uh, and it's also kind of the home stretch, you know, because what do they have when they when they get uh, halfway? What, what the hell is halfway of 56? Uh, 28. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just guessing. It's definitely seven. Sorry, <laughs> put you guys on the spot with math. Won't happen again. Yes, it will. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Flyers have some work to do. So, the most disappointing thing for me, and I'm going to compare them a little bit to, New, to the um, New York Islanders, because if you guys remember in the offseason, especially on our show, um, Kyle, I know you especially. Uh, we're an advocate for going out and getting players like Matt Martin, you know, some, or some, Kyle Clifford or somebody who's freaking tough, right? Some, some of these grittier, tougher guys serve a purpose. Um, now we're not saying these guys are going to put the flyers over the top here. And I know the flyer, I'm sorry, the, the, uh, Islanders have arguably the best coach in the game. They play a very strong defensive system, uh, have very, uh, solid goaltending. The Islanders kind of did what I was hoping the flyers would do. Islanders were off to a uh, slow start as well. I think most teams were off to slow starts this year with no training camp. But the Islanders have found their stride and have just, you know, skyrocketed into first place. Whereas the Flyers still seem like they're spinning their wheels in the mud here. No, they're, and, they're not even spinning their wheels in the mud. They're going fucking backwards. Yeah. And, and like, I think before the season, I'm like, okay, I'm going to give these guys 10 to 15 games. And then it turned into 15 to 20 with the whole COVID thing. We're 23 games in, and I'm not sure how much improvement this team's made. Uh, it's just very uninspiring, I think. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts so far? 23 games in, assess this team a little bit. I, I feel like, Jack, you're, you're kind of frothing at the mouth here. So why don't we, why don't we go to Jack first? Well, it, we had said before that – we saw all these issues with this team and they just happen to be winning. And that's going to, if this play keeps up, that's going to stop. Now it hasn't halted, but they're not beating any good teams. That's for sure. And you can see that they were getting by before and now they look terrible against all teams and they're eking out wins. It, only the flyers would take an Herculean effort to beat the Buffalo Sabres. And that it's it reminds me of that baseball player who's trying to like keep his job or make the major like an older guy who's about to be out and he gets a single and he goes ape shit over a single. It's like, dude, if you're going crazy about a single, you're done. You know, you're done. And and it's I've you've seen it before. It you it just shows that they're if they are a playoff team, they're a bubble playoff team at best. Uh, the, as Kyle alluded to, they're taking step backwards. I am inclined to agree with that. The only thing uh, pushing against that is a little bit of the record. Cause they somehow salvaged two wins against comebacks against Pitt and Buffalo, which they could have very easily lost both of those games and gone over five, you know, and luckily for us, Buffalo went in overtime and they're not relevant. So giving them a point didn't matter, but if this was somebody else like the Islanders or something that it wouldn't have been as, as important, important as a win. 
And on top of that, you can see all these other teams are still playing better. And when they play each other, they're splitting. I think the Islanders either won and went to overtime with somebody and they got a point. Teams that are losing ahead of us are still getting a point. And we are losing in regulation. We're barely beating some of these teams. It's going to catch up to us. It's starting to catch up to us. And if Fletcher doesn't do something quick and it's got to be more than one thing, we're going to be in an awful lot of trouble. Kyle, before I ask you the same question, I kind of want to get you fired up a little bit here. So <laughs> it's not hard to do. <laughs> Jack mentioned Jack mentioned the Buffalo game. And if you recall, in that Buffalo game, Scott Lawton was flipped on his head. Not even like a clean accidental, oops, I'm sorry, buddy. It was pretty uh it was intentional. It was, it was intentional, right? Curtis Lazar basically, you know, hooked the skate. Boom, flipped him on his head. No response. Give me your thoughts and feelings on what happened last night. I think that at that point, I mean, we heard all last year when they were playing fantastic that um, even Kevin Hayes came out and said, you know, this is the tightest group of guys I've ever played with. And and if any, I'm truly confident that if any of that shit took place last year, if Scott Long got dumped on his head last year, that was going to be a fight. Even though last year we really didn't have i mean chris stewart but he wasn't in every game he wouldn't have he wouldn't have been in against buffalo i would assume no yeah i mean listen and it's it's i never get riled up about this stuff like at least not to the point where you to you guys do and this even was to me was like are you kidding when taron hatcher calls out your team for that you got a massive problem i mean for god's sake She's making comments about how the team didn't do anything. And that with the move that Lazar did to Lawton, the last time I saw that was Bill Goldberg at Starcade 98. <laughs> that was called the uh, Jackknife uh, Powerbomb. Like, dumped him straight on his head. Lawton even called it a dirty hit after the game. And they all saw it. Refs did, for that matter, as well. And nobody did anything. That is absolutely embarrassing. And it's the point where I'm like, all right, yeah, maybe we shouldn't do that. It's not a big deal. They needed to do something, like show some kind of heart. And he, like Kyle said, they're this close group of guys. Well, friends like that, who needs enemies? So, again, like what I was trying to allude to earlier, um, you heard all last year how close the the team was, how, how tight-knit it was, and this, that, and the other thing. And – and then you see a guy like Mark Friedman get shipped out, and uh, I'm not going to pretend I was in the locker room. I have no idea what was going on there, but um, they were running him pretty hard. I, I'm pretty sure that was obvious to everybody who watched that Pittsburgh game. They were going after Mark Friedman. So did they not like Mark Friedman, or is the locker room kind of not as tight as it was for whatever reason? I, I, I'm not 100% sure, obviously. We're not in the locker room. I'm just – What's Guessing funny about at that this is point. Steve brought that up on full circle, that exact point. And he's like, did they not like the guy? I, mean, I pretty much came to the assumption, like, I, I guess he was a douchebag. Like, I, I have no idea. But it's the most heart I've seen out of Mo and Patrick in, since his rookie season, I guess. You know, he he leveled him once, although he did get a penalty, but Friedman definitely embellished, and which is a penalty I don't think they call anymore. I think that's just done. Uh, but then my favorite was when Freeman went to hit him and he kind of gave it back to him. And <laughs> sometimes that hurts more than an actual hit, but that's the most like fight we've seen from these guys. And there must've been something personal to make that happen. Uh, and we're making this up. We don't even know if that's true, but after the other last night's game, especially that's how the game started. 
you knew we were in for it. And I actually thought that 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 goal maybe, you know, put that away or whatever. That wasn't going to be a thing. And then the wheels fell off. And one thing that we are going to end up talking about tonight that I've been dreading, and I'll just throw it out there. Uh, where are you guys at with uh, Carter Hart? Uh, Carter Hart hasn't done anything to make me think Carter Hart's not a good goalie. This defense is absolutely pathetic. The forwards don't help. The collapsing defense uh, looks a whole lot like every team in the NHL has completely figured out our collapsing defense because they just toss it back out to the point guy who has nobody covering them. And then two guys rush out there to, to that point guy, and he passes it to the other point guy. And now everybody's out of position, and they get to pass around in the slot like nobody's even freaking trying to play defense. Uh, yeah, I'm, it's it's actually heartwarming to hear you say that, no pun intended, because I defend Hart to no end. And, I mean, I wish he would have made like a momentum-saving save and Vigneault came out and said he wasn't getting the job done and whatnot. And you can – he's definitely not playing with confidence, but I don't think that's really his fault. It's the defense. And the defense, the premium opportunities that they give up is are embarrassing. That being said, he does got to sometimes step up, but I don't think he's going to right now with how bad this defense has been all year. His confidence is shot. This is a time where a good veteran goalie needs to step in like Elliott has. It was the, It's the right move, unfortunately. But as per usual, Hart's getting absolutely obliterated, and some of it's – a little bit of it's warranted, I guess. I certainly can't start him in fantasy, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> I'm, here's my thing here because it's kind of like you know he's going to be great. So, you know, why shit on him now? But at the same time, he doesn't look the same. I don't think he's playing well at all. Uh, obviously, the team's not helping him out in that aspect, but it's the same team that's playing in front of Brian Elliott, and his numbers are way better than Carter Hart's. I think he has some things he's got to figure out, Carter Hart. Uh, you remember he changed up his routine. He's going to try some different things this season. And I'm not sure that's working out for him. I think I had read that he's going to play deeper in his crease or uh, I can't exactly remember. I keep saying I'm going to dig up the article and I never dig it up. But something's different about Hart this year. And that's not to say that he's not going to figure it out and be great in the future. But this is the year where he's not going to have a great year and he's going to come back, bounce back. I'm just wait. I'm just waiting for somebody on Twitter to suggest starting Carter Hart on the wing because that, that's <laughs> apparently what they do to everybody who struggles. <laughs> Play yes, him on wing. <laughs> yeah, it's he's still a young goalie, and it just irks me with how many issues there are in this defense that he he gets brought up, and it's like, okay, I get it. It wasn't the best goal, but like the other night, I think it was the Washington game, the second goal. Guys wide open and brought this up in full circle. Uh, wide open. Hart actually gets over it. Puck still goes through his legs. All you're doing at that point is throwing your body, just trying to get over. And I'm reading on Twitter. Hart, Hart wants that one back. I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, it's unbelievable. Like, so you can't not wait to shit on the guy. I don't know why. And the worst part is there wasn't one person that was over there wide open. There was fucking two. There was oh, two yeah. players wide open over oh, there. That's and Chara. The two of them. Yeah. The two of them. It's like watching an NHL game, like uh, the, the video game. Like, it's stupid. Could and, you and guys I, imagine how bad that score would have been if 20-goal scorer Tom Wilson was playing? No, I think it would have been the same if not left. <laughs> I'm just kidding, dude. The Flyers would have had a five-minute uh, major. They could probably could have tied the game. Yeah. 
I fucking hate you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They're just, even when this team wins, man, they're just they're very uninspiring. They're they're not a likable team for me right now. I like certain players right now on this team. JVR, Farabee, Coots is a lot of fun to watch. Lawton, I, was I think, bring that up. still fun to watch. But Those as a fours, team, yeah. as a collective unit, and this is what we've been preached to. And I want to get into this before we finish this episode because a lot of people are out there preaching on how you know on how to win games, All how right. to build a hockey team. And can I'm going to get to them. Can we reply to this comment real fast? Hey, Chris, so did Ghost. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And everybody still fucking loves that guy. Haven't figured that out yet either. Oh, uh, which, which comment know, are we talking about here? The Mark Sanchez here? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I remember that. Then the butt fumble happened. <laughs> Real uh, quick, uh, our buddy Ty. Ty, we missed you too. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us once again, Ty. Uh, Dom makes a good, or Tom. Dom makes a good point here. He's saying that you know, obviously we should be concerned, uh, but we're still towards the top. <laughs> but. I'm starting to get concerned because if they don't add a defenseman, you're going to see, I think we got more wins off of offensive firepower and luck. And I don't think that's going to last. Yeah. So I have a problem with the makeup of this roster. You know, it's Eric, Bob, kill we, yourself. Oh, I'm sorry. Trade heart. I hate you. Stall, <laughs> <laughs> Cy McDonald to a PTO. Yeah. Oh, I'm as positive. That was sarcasm. Me. <laughs> oh, I know. Jeez, uh, what told you that the bring back app or the Simon McDonald? That's that's Hextall's burner account. Derek Bob is burner account. Burner account. <laughs> you know what though? I will say this: some of this, some of this play lately has reminded me a little bit of that error. Different players, obviously, but it's just the whole games in our zone, and then we finally start getting something going in the opposite opposite zone. The next counter rush from the other team, it's in the back of the net, and it's like, wow. I, okay, I think the more, I think the 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 far more concerning thing for me personally is the fact that they haven't figured out how to play more than one damn period in a hockey game. They played the first period against the Capitals the other night. They were dominant in the first period. Yeah, I was like, holy really shit, we're, we are going to wipe our asses with the Capitals if we keep playing like this. And then uh, in the second, they were like, oh, we don't know how to play hockey. Duh. And then that was it. It was over. <laughs> yeah, that's a concern I've had with this team. We always used to get on them for playing the full 60. Now if we get 40, it's considered a good effort. And th- I think that's where the whole fatigue thing started being talked about. I don't know why I couldn't think of that word earlier. Um and you saw they had such a great first period, and they only garnered one goal out of it. And it's almost like they're like, "Oh well, that's the best we had. We'll just try to make this stick." And then they just they didn't score a goal the rest of the game. They were terrible. Yeah. That's Whenever I hear ahead of you, like, come on, you can't shut it off. So here's the thing that's going to maybe fire you guys up a little bit. Whenever I hear about the inconsistent inconsistent play, it's like, dude, this team's been inconsistent now for three different coaches, and they're a team. With foundate with, you know, cornerstone players who are inconsistent. JBR, Voracek. I'm not going to call Giroux inconsistent, um, but when you sign these inconsistent players as cornerstones of your franchise, it's almost like, what do you expect? Why do you expect con- consistent effort all three periods when these guys aren't consistent and they're your leaders? And it's like, well, you know, this is just what it is, you know. And until I think we all know we've all kind of come to the to, to the same conclusion that there's got to be a change on the roster, like a significant change, or it's just going to be the same stuff. You know, I thought I was thinking about that, particularly Voracek, and he's showing you the same old crap. 
he'll have a spurt every now and then where he's doing something positive, but ultimately it's just not enough. And it's a lot of turnovers ghost. He listen, dude, uh, did he officially get that goal? I don't know if it touched somebody, but he did have a big goal, but he's also a turnover machine, inconsistent and very bad in his own back end. And a lot of the reasons why we get down in games, I think of ghost, I think of Warcheck. I don't want to say JVR this year because he's been so good, but like those kind of players that are out on the ice for a majority of the game, particularly this season, and to see the the loss of the puck in idiotic ways and just see the us hemmed in our own zone, um, it, remi- it reminds me of the Hacksaw era. And like you said, the same kind of players were involved with that era. And yeah, I think we're think we're seeing the same thing here. And Kyle brought up earlier if we kept JVR and maybe got Seattle to take Voracek, I've been leaning more and more towards that as this season has gone on. Extra year, extra million. Oh yeah. Mm. Goodbye. I mean, what does, what does he really bring? Like he, he drives play. He's a decent player at times, but like, like for the he shows the, flashes of how good he could be. I think that's the most frustrating thing. Yeah, it's but like, this team, this team struggles so bad with consistency that you, your flashes at this point, the same with TK, your flashes at this point are fucking worthless. Yeah, I'm done with flashes. The the, the yeah. flashes we fucking see. Oh yeah, flashes. Yeah, Frost has flashes too. Yeah, where the fuck's that guy at? It's just more of the goddamn same. It's just oh, they're all got flashes. I'm so fucking over it, dude. Stop making excuses for these fucking guys. Especially Voracek, considering the guy was drafted in what 2007. Yeah, this is what he is. Exactly. Exactly. New now, game here. Every time Voracek turns the puck over, shot. I'm in. He, wa- uh, he wasted every we're game. Gonna, we're gonna I'm, I'm wasting every game anyway. <laughs> it's the only way I can get through them. That's not a fair game. We'll have to take birds. <laughs> Jesus. What's up, Mighty Mouse 003? That's Paulie. What's up, dude? Thanks for hanging out. Um, so if if we can a little bit here, guys, can we get into some of these calculator jockeys a little bit? Because uh, they're, they're my favorite. I mean, I, I like I like everybody. I really do. And when well, somebody I, has, when somebody it. has, well, when somebody has different opinions and a different perspective, even if I disagree, I'll try to understand and I'll try to be patient a little bit, and I'll let things play out and say, okay, let's see if what they're saying is true. Blah blah blah. Because what I'm seeing doesn't match it, but. You know, they're coming with all this data, all these stats, all these facts, all these math bullshit numbers. And it's like, let's give it a shot. And, you know, when these same people are telling me that Shane Gossespierre needs to play on the top line, uh, you know, give give all these kids a shot. Put your Vortech on the power play. They need to be out there. It's the same old stuff. I'm like, dude, uh, or we need four scoring lines in today's NHL. We don't need any goons. I'm like, oh, my God, dude, like. There are no goons in the NHL anymore. Number one, okay? And yeah, everybody, in the, everybody in the NHL is good. Bottom line. If you're in the NHL, you're good at hockey, okay? There's no more, there's no more people, there's no more players in the NHL that are there just to fight. Well, right. So when guys on the Flyers defense, I would disagree with. When when we say we want toughness, we want physicality, we want players with will, with drive, emotion, who who play hard, we want worker B type players. We're not talking about you know, Riley Cote or, or some of these, you know what I mean? Guys like that. We're talking about guys that know how to play the game. We're not talking about not even Tom Wilson either, because th- these guys are a little bit rare. Like Tom Wilson, even if you want to say Ryan, we're talking, Reeves. we're talking a guy like Dan Carcillo. 
Yeah, a guy that can but put when the puck he played, in the net. He's he got a little hockey ass skill. Ass off. Yeah. Even even you can even go as far as to talk about Talbot. Remember when we had Talbot? Sure. Yeah, Talbot. another guy worked his ass off. Every single shift, you knew that guy gave you every single piece of energy he had. He Serve wore his heart on his sleeve. That's a, that's all we're asking for is to show a little bit of heart. When your freaking guy gets dumped on his head at center ice, that dude should not be leaving. The period, like, oh yeah, yeah it's cool. It happens. You should be, you should be you kill that guy. Yeah, yeah. I can kill nothing. him. And the only, and this is the kind of shit that we were talking about, right? Teams are gonna, yes, dude, Mighty play. Mouse, Laperriere, exactly. Yes. Guys like Ian Laperriere. Yeah, at least let the guys shoot you in the face with a puck. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you, you talk to guys on the sheriff. I mean, your your co-host is one of those guys. Yeah. Right. So it's like you've talked to these guys week in and week out, and they tell you that these type of players are necessary on an NHL hockey team. Why the fuck are we listening to these fucking nerds on how to build a hockey team? Keep your fucking you're ruining the game is what you're doing. You're ruining it and you're Why ruining it for everybody else. Did anybody fucking calculate at home? Did what? anybody listen to the post game show at all? No, not, not at all. The interviews. But- so, you know, why we just, go ahead. We just had Danny Granger on um, the sheriff the other day. We'll be released later this week. Um, but fighting in the NHL is up 25%. The Flyers have had one fight this entire season. One fight. Pathetic. Why does I wish one of these interviewers would have the balls to ask either AV or Giroux or, God forbid, Lawton when they were asking him because the guy flat out said it was a dirty play. Why did nobody do anything? Why did everybody just stand around like it was, it was this beginning of the game? So God forbid you take a penalty. You have the entire game to make whatever up. You just got dumped on your head. You could have seriously hurt, been hurt. You looked woozy when you got up. Uh, nothing. Does that bother you at all? And, hey, AV, why did nobody do a goddamn thing? This is kind of embarrassing. Like, set the tone, for Christ's sake. It's the Buffalo Sabres. If you're Scott Lawton, how do you walk into that locker room and, and it's like, what the fuck, guys? Like, I just got dumped on my head and you guys are good with that. You know, unless they're being coached a certain way, which is, is all, the only thing I can think of now. No retaliation type shit. I don't think so because you got to remember AV ha- purposefully dressed Tanner Glass in, or uh, Tanner. Yeah, I think it was Tanner Glass and Michael Haley. For the Rangers, I mean, you're talking about a heavyweight and a middleweight. That that's literally was their job. So the whole mm-hmm. retali- no retaliation. I don't see why he would make a 360 unless Michelle Terrian uh, really got really turned up the French Canadian for the team. <laughs> like, yeah. You're the last person they should be listening to for anything. How's that power play been? I mean, Christ. You can't even go to Yo because how the hell's the PK been too? Where yeah, they're taking a dip too. <laughs> I know I was proud of Mike Yo last year. I was proud to be a fellow Baldy, but this year he's just—he's annoying me again. He was really. I think he, on, my main concern is, and I don't—I don't want to get on the whole, you know, coaching staff already. This is really early. It's only this is season two, so to get on the coaching staff really hard. As far as the head coach goes, I'll get on the special teams coaches all day long. I'm starting to fear that all three are a bit of a one-trick pony. Mm. Um, 
AV made zero adjustments in the playoffs to make the Flyers better. The entire playoffs. I'm pretty sure all three of us agree on that. That he did nothing. No adjustments whatsoever. Well, so far this year. Working in the regular season to start the playoffs, which was a head scratcher to begin with, and then it never fixed it. Like you're, he never adjusted to his adjustment. <laughs> you know what and I mean? Then, yeah, and then you got this season. And so far, no real adjustments have actually been made as far as system play. Um, the, the defensive zone has been hot garbage this entire year, and they're still employing that collapsing system that's just not – it's not working. It's just not working. It's figured out. The PK, it's figured out. The penalty or the power play, it's figured out. Guys know where we're going with the puck before we know where we're going with the puck. And you're not going to score many goals if they know, okay, I just got to be in this lane and it cuts off their pass to the guy that they want to go to. And now they don't know what the fuck to do. If listen, am I out of line here? If saying that if they drop these next two games to Washington, it's, Heads got a roll, like maybe Cantarian. Like, because I don't think Fletcher's making a deal for a defenseman anytime soon. We're hearing rumors. We heard rumors about Line A all year long. The trades that do go down, did anybody remember hearing a rumor about Niskanen and Gudis? No, it just happened. You know, so like the fact that we're hearing rumors is great and all, but I don't, if I'm Nashville, I'm waiting as close to the deadline as I can to get maximum value. So, unless, unless do, you can get an overpay now. I mean, and we, at heard this the, point, we heard the the rumor deal, and if that's not big enough, what the hell else do they want, for Christ's sake? What was it, Patrick, a first, and Ratcliffe? I'd do that all day long. Third, a, th- a third that can turn into a second now, which I, I would rather give Ratcliffe. Or Ratcliffe but uh, but that's, that's if Patrick doesn't get injured, right? Yeah. So, so, so on his way out of town, smack him in the back of the head with a lead pipe, and <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't play anymore. You change you know, up his body. get a headache all on his own. <laughs> But like, because the well, let's be real though. Like, is a deal? We really think a deal is going to go down like soon. Like, I don't. I really don't. Something so, has to. That's the problem. Is the the Flyers is uh, even though we're not even in the midway point of the season, which we're pretty goddamn close. If the Flyers legitimately want to right the ship and attempt to make the playoffs at a higher seed than four at this point. They need to start making moves. I don't even care like if they slightly overpay for shit at this point. You need or, to at least make the attempt. And if you're not going to make the attempt, decide your sellers and start fucking selling. Because if you're not going to try, there's fucking zero reason to keep these guys anymore. Yeah, and just to catch everybody up, because Dom just asked uh, for who, um, the rumored deal right now has been Matias Ekholm to the Philly for uh, Nolan Patrick, a first-round pick, and either Isaac Radcliffe or a third-round pick that could become a second uh, based on how much playing time Nolan Patrick gets. And I said it I said it before. I'll say it again. Radcliffe's a bust. Dude's I would, I would rather trade Radcliffe than I would uh, that second wow. slash third. Um, Kyle did say Ratcliffe was a bust uh, about 15 minutes before we had him on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably because of you. He just went downhill after that. No, <laughs> he was he was never going uphill. He went back and listened to it. <laughs> Sam Karkidi put out a, an article earlier today. I know everybody loves Sam Karkidi. It was Kate Smith? No, surprisingly. Oh, no. boy. I think he's finally was off it, that. Was it possibly about how old Claude Giroux is? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> 
it was actually something I, I found interesting, believe it or not. Uh, it was AV potentially hinting to Chuck Fletcher during a, a press conference that, hey, we need some defensive help in here. We need a partner to play with Provorov. And, you know, later on in the article, Sam's talking to Provorov, and Provorov sounds frustrated. He's playing with four different defense partners just this year. And then you add in the last two years, you know, that's that's six altogether. This is your number one defenseman, and he's not getting any help. Like, how do you – this is still a kid. Like, no matter how you want to cut it, he's 23 years old still, right? 24 maybe. Help this friggin' kid out. You want him to be the anchor of your defense? He's not ready to do it by himself, right? Like, get him some help. There's not – I'd like to point out that there's not – I don't know of another defenseman in the NHL right now that is solely by himself, doesn't matter who's paired with him, he's the most dominant defenseman in the league. That's a good point. Yeah. If somebody can name them, please do, because I don't I don't know of one. Everybody has a partner, a, a consistent partner that they mesh well with. At this point, you have Provy with what? You've had Provy with Sandheim. You've had Provy with Myers. You've had Provy with Braun. You've had Provy with Ghost. Nothing's fucking working because all of those guys are not top pair defensemen. It's like the Coburn experiment all over again. Like Coburn, you're now a first pair defenseman because Chris Pronger can't play anymore. And it's like Coburn fucking sucks. And he's like, it's like, no, Coburn doesn't suck. He's a fucking fantastic second, fourth, fifth, sixth defenseman. He's fantastic at that. That's his fucking job. It would be like putting Hag on the first line and going, Provorov, you suck. Hag's great. Or you know what I mean? It's like, why do these guys suck? It's because Fucking Hag's not made for that. Is anybody concerned that uh, AV had in this alleged article had to tell Fletcher this? Like, this isn't obvious. This isn't two birds, one stone. You help out Provorov and your frigging goaltenders. Like, I mean, See, that, that's what I thought was interesting too, because uh, it, this was all from Sam's perspective there. So it could have been that, you know, Elaine was just saying that, you know, we need to get Provorov, uh, you know, more help on the top pairing. But, you know, if you wanted to read into it, which what we love to do, it kind of <laughs> looked like, hey, like we don't have a proper top pairing defenseman to go with Ivan Provorov. That's basically what he was saying. <laughs> what else he, is more help, though? I mean, and uh, he, did compliment, that's it. Like, he complimented that's, that's Ghost. Yeah, he complimented Ghost, but Ghost was a well, third pairing D last year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Ghost doesn't. I I want to rid myself of Ghost so terribly bad. It's it's <laughs> unfucking believable, dude. Ghost is like crabs. <laughs> it's like I just want to get rid of it. it How I do you get rid to of be the over. Ghost? I, so do I. I thought I thought we I thought he for sure was gone when they brought in Gustafson and when they kept him. That should have been a signal for what the season was going to be like because it was. We were all asking, "What the hell are you doing? Why did you sign Gustafson and not trade Ghost?" And here we are with just a whole bumblefuck of defensemen back there that can't play D. None of them. <laughs> yeah. it, it is a shame. Ghost is like the better than three of the friggin' defensemen on the roster right now. And that, that's saying something. That's how bad it is. I mean, Gustafson doesn't belong anywhere near this team. When's that, co- when, when's that college season over? Fuck it. Just bring Cam York in. Too. Cam York on uh, speed. He's a big advocate for that. I wonder if we're going to see Why is not up here yet either? Is he being? Is he playing poorly or something? Like, no, shit. I don't think the Phantoms have enough defensemen to pull fucking Zamora. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
AV really likes him a little too, so that's interesting. Yeah, maybe we yeah, might I see one of those Prosper guys. Again, who I don't hate, but like if they're bringing him up, they could sure bring. Uh, uh, I would bring. Honestly, I would down in Pittsburgh snagging him again. I <laughs> would throw if if for whatever reason this season continues in this fashion. I do not see any reason why by the end of this year, Cam York and Zamola aren't playing on the mainstay roster just to get them experience. I just want to see unless the Phantoms are doing that good. And right now, last time I checked the Phantoms were six and two. Thanks. Six to two and wisdom, two. Baby. Yeah. And that's another guy. Why you want heart? You want somebody that skates and hits and crashes the fucking net. You got a guy right there. Call him the fuck up. What's the worst that can what's the worst that can happen? You're gonna put Andre off at left wing. I can guarantee Zade Wisdom is just as good as a hockey player as Andre Andre off. <laughs> That's kind of yeah. true. I wonder I wonder what would happen. It has anything to do like with their uh, how many games they play before it starts their uh, their contract or whatever? Mm-hmm. No, he's playing mm-hmm. you know he's playing pro hockey. Yeah, but if you play so many, uh, I guess you're no, right. you're playing pro hockey. If you're play, if you play X you amount of games, regardless of if it's for the Flyers or the Phantoms, that entry, entry level contract starts. He got drafted by an entry level contract, and from the fourth round pick, yeah, yeah, he's going to oh. be a player, man. He's exactly what this team. I don't think of excuses as to why he wouldn't be brought up, and I guess not. Yeah, should be interesting. Um, so I have some more topics here. Let's talk about maybe potentially a positive one. Nolan Patrick was a shootout, was in the shootout last night, shot second, very nice shootout attempt and goal. Now there's a lot of speculation, a lot of hopes and dreams on the Twitter timeline. Is this going to spark Nolan Patrick's season? Blah, blah, blah. I want to know what you guys think about that. Okay, I think on. that one of my two predictions has been right so far. He was going to play in game <laughs> one, and he hasn't missed a fucking game yet. The uh, the forty point season that's that's out the fucking window. There's no way. <laughs> if he scores two points a game for it, the rest of the year, it's good to know when there's. Yeah, it's good to know when there's no other off uh, defenseman from the other team on the ice. He's capable of scoring a goal because uh, at five on five, and even the power play, unless it goes off his ass. I don't, or the goalie's laid out on the ice. I don't see it going in. Those are his literally two goals and two points. (laughs) Like, come on. I thought it was cool that he was out there for the shootout. I just, I thought it was especially cool that it went in, but I don't know if that's going to change. Well, it was a nice shot. Let's not kid ourselves here. It's not like he tripped and it went in. Like, it was a really nice shot and it won on the game, essentially. That being said, I don't see him doing anything like that at five on five, even on the Also, I mean, all this being said, though, Patrick has been playing better. The last couple games, Patrick has been playing better. Yeah. Now, what that what that means? Obviously, he's playing with Claude Drew, correct? Or did they slide him back to center? He was playing with Drew and Voracek, right? Yeah, Yeah. it was was third line. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's really hard to play with Voracek. I don't know if you guys ever watched him play, but he he takes like thirty two strides and then turns over to puck. Seventeen <laughs> like, <laughs> million dollar third line. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe he knows he's going. He's going to Nashville, and he wants to up his value so he can stay and wait for the next trade. I guess I don't because I don't I don't know. And I mean, he's ultimately he and same with Lindblom. They're not finishing, and it's mm-hmm. it, I, they're playing better. It only goes so far for me. And they got to start finishing. They're getting some good opportunities, and the puck's not winding up in the back of the net. And 
it's costing the Flyers a little bit. I think there's way too many questions up and down this roster, unfortunately, because if you look at the roster, there's a lot of names on paper. This should be a very, very good hockey team. Um, but then you have we have to remember that Lindblom was out for you know most of the season last year. He's coming back from cancer. Uh, Nolan Patrick missed an entire year last year. You know, we said before the year, if these guys can just stay healthy for a season and, you know, somehow regain their old form at some point, we'd be happy. And that's what we're getting. This is exactly what we're getting. Like Lindblom, I haven't even noticed him out there, to tell you the truth. Um, same for Patrick, honestly. There's just a lot of guys that have been no-show. Another guy that's been a no-show that was extremely healthy last year, Travis Konechny uh, finally scored, I believe, in one of these four games. Other than that, though, not really yeah. noticeable. On a two-on-out. Yeah. Yeah, you better fucking score on a two-on-out, dude. <laughs> I was giving TK a lot, a lot of the uh, benefit of the doubt that he was working more on his defensive game, trying to play the way Elaine Vigneault wants him to play. So maybe he's, he's gripping the stick a little tight and the offensive chances aren't there, but they'll come. You know, that kind of whole little narrative there. But uh, eventually you get to a point where it's like, yo, buddy, you're getting paid to score goals, dude, and you're not. So what's going on here? Like Joel Farabee in his second year, 20 years old, point-per-game player. Why aren't you making $5 million less than you, buddy? You know? I don't know. I, I'm I'm not soured on TK. I, of course, everybody knows. Yes, that you after are. The, after the yes, playoffs. Yes, you are. Like, dude, <laughs> I, he's, he's getting close to, like, Shane Goss' spare territory for me. Not for the same reasons. Well, maybe a little bit for the same reasons, actually. Like, Ghost is a punk to me. He talks a lot, but backs it up with nothing. He's not tough, and he's not playing well. TK talks a lot, not scoring goals, not playing well. So and not fighting. So right. he talked all that shit. Somebody asked him to fight. He looked like he nodded, like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And then that guy dropped his gloves and TK skated away. Yeah, it's like he's just anno – he annoys me. Like, if you're not – if you're going to do all that, you need to score. And he's not. Um, I don't think they're going to move him. And I'm not – I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, they definitely got to trade TK because I think he's young. He's going to get it worked out. It's probably in his head. It's a weird season. A lot of excuses you can make. Bottom line, though, he's getting paid to score, and he is not. Yeah, How TK's long is the TK's in a, a conundrum? Uh, I still am in the ring of what he did last year was probably one of the worst things he could have done for the fan base. Uh, as now the expectations are through the roof. Um, I was hoping he'd have developed into the player we saw last year. Over time, it'd be more consistent kind of exploded out of the gates and now it's the expectations and you're not wrong. It's not like he brings anything else to the, you know, the table outside of getting in players heads from time to time. And uh, I can't really put too much of a price on that. Like, it's just like, he doesn't fight. So it's like, how big is, how big of a deal is it? Who takes him seriously? Really? If he's not scoring goals and he's just talking shit and not fighting, like you really care. Right. Like, right. I don't like it's You it's, left him off. It's like, Hey, exactly. how many goals he's you got? Do you get those guys? You know, yeah. and it's just like, if you're not doing anything, like what the fuck do I care? You know, right. you're not going to fight me. Like you're, you're like five feet tall. You're five eleven. Do you, what are you going to do? Right. And, and I just, a lot of things are working against him, but he's got to rise up. And I thought when against Pitt, he was starting to hit iron. I thought he was like coming out of a shell a little bit. And then he regresses a little bit again. And it's like, you got a team like Buffalo. It's like, all right, well, he, you know, this is a bad team. Like maybe you can like step up and do something. And I don't, he didn't, you know, not much, you know? So I, it's, 
And, and Don brings up a good point. He he does feed off the fans, but I mean, so is Drew, and Drew still like you know willed the Flyers to do comeback wins. So maybe that's a veteran thing. Um, at the end of the day, when you're making that much money, I don't care what you feed off. If you need to start producing, you need to start doing something. Um, yeah, it's a shame. I don't think he has that much value. He's got some value. He's got more than Ghost, that's for sure. But I think um, that with that contract alone, he's got a lot of value. That's a very, very good contract. Stop. If, if I were to ask like people in Philly, like they would, they would shit all over him, you know. But you look outside the organization, and they're like, "Yeah, we could use a player like that for that many years at that cost." Yeah. Uh, it's the flat cap hurts that, but in the normal year, it's a pretty decent value. I think it's a very good contract for a potentially very good second line winger. You, which you're I've buying you're, Yeah, there's potential is significantly attached to that that deal in the hopes that he outgrows it. And suddenly you have a good deal on your hand and it looked well, like you were getting that last year, but so I, I think for TK, I'm expecting 25 to 30 goals. I'm not expecting more than 30, but I mean, 30 pace, great. Like, I mean, and I mean, I know you mean in a regular year, not, not right. Regular. Year, yeah. Yeah. And you know, 30s, those guys don't grow on trees. So if I get a guy like that under $6 million, I'll oh take Oh, my that. God. We really are using that analogy right now? No. <laughs> I'm not saying TK grows on doesn't grow on you. I'm saying guys who score 30 goals. Um, and it's funny because I can't stand Ghost, and I couldn't stand that he said that. But um, if if he did that, I would be I would pay under $5 million. That would be, be fantastic. Like, shit. You know, I mean, he's that's what they already afford to do. I mean, saying he's making $7 million, for God's sake. TK is a guy that I would dangle, you know, quietly on the on the um the trade market to see what what he could bring back. Man, the Flyers have way too many wingers. Way, way if you look around the NHL at a, at other NHL rosters, there's not too many teams that have uh, three plus wingers signed for more than five million a year. The Flyers have four seven. of those guys. I think it's seven. Well, five if or four guys if you include TK, but three right. of them making over seven. Right. Who yeah. would eight? Some of that's because Drew was a center when he signed the deal. That's a lot of money. Yeah, typically you pay your centers the most money. The Flyers are, are for some reason, paying their wingers here. And, you know, you look at the, the the roster makeup, and they're not very deep down the middle, and they're not very deep on defense right now. They're deep at wing, and it's like, well, that's cool. because <laughs> you. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. You could get really negative about this team quick if you look at the way the roster's You're constructed. Very, yeah, you just, watch, you just watch a fucking hockey game. There you go. It's hard, it's hard to not get negative when yeah, you go. That they are so <laughs> easy to hate it, it, when they play st- stupid, and it's it's oh, it's frustrating for sure. Very uninspiring, very boring hockey. You know, it's just. You know, I think if they the- added a legitimate defenseman who get the friggin' puck out of the zone and just competent, it would you would see an uptick in the offense. Like I really believe mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I think you're right. They spend so much friggin' time in their own zone in the neutral zone. You have the games over before they get anything going, and when you do get something going, it's like okay, hey, hey, that was a pretty nice shift, and then they we get scored on. It's like all for nothing. I don't know why, and I'm going to blame Chuck Fletcher for this again because he had a great first, a great first season, right? We've gone over it a bunch of times. The names that he brought in, his second year, and you know, if you guys want to go down the list of excuses, why? Because you know, I was rattling those excuses off before the season. Um. He could have used the money that he signed Robert Haig with, Justin Braun with, uh, Eric Gustafson with. I think we're looking at five, six million right there to sign a legit defenseman and then just fill out the bottom pairing with who gives a fuck, right? It's just what he did was just put 
band-aids all on this roster and it's just he, i think he, he is to blame yeah man he it's panicked. just he did he and did. we were talking a little bit about what he did with the vegas expansion i think it was our buddy chris that brought it up chris bennett he got absolutely destroyed in that do you know that he traded vegas alex tuck and a third round pick so that they would uh i think it was either take or not take eric Halla, who they ended up getting anyway so they front he gave up eric Halla, alex tuck who's playing very well and a third round pick and got nothing like what so now i'm kind of like what's going to happen with us because the flyers have a lot of you know they have a lot of prospects not maybe high-end prospects but he's it's gonna like trade, he's gonna trade them cam york dude he's gonna give away <laughs> he's gonna give away prospects to keep sanheim is that what he's gonna do and they're gonna go to seattle and just you know be good i'm a little bit worried to be honest with you i don't know how he's gonna you would think and hope that he would learn a little bit but he's too cautious i think so far and that's not what i want i don't think we're looking for cautious we want to go win a cup and you're not going to win it by being cautious no and you saw it's almost like he punted on the season by essentially adding yeah i just don't know how you go from saying we're moving on from a guy like justin braun to a guy retiring and you just oh give him a two-year deal like i don't i don't understand how it makes your team better like you were moving on from him there's other defensemen out there. You had to replace Braun. You were looking to do that, but because this guy retires, you ha- or yeah, retires, you have to have Braun back. Like that makes no sense. And he was so hell bent on getting a guy on a one year deal. A lot of legitimate defensemen went elsewhere, and he didn't move a Sanheim or a TK or whoever the hell for more help or anything like that. We were heavily involved in the Lionel rumors, and if the true what's being reported is true is they wanted, we're not moving off of Provorov. He should have moved off of that trade and onto something else long time ago. So ultimately nothing got done and you know, we didn't get Chara and we can talk to speculate all we want about whether he would have wanted to come here or not, but you could have offered him more money than Washington did if he didn't make stupid decisions. And now we're sitting here with this ass defense, probably one of the worst units in the league. And it's hurting your goaltending. It's hurting the future of your goaltending. It's hurting your future of your star defenseman and Provorov. And it's hurting your offense. And he's still sitting on his hands. We got some rumors. Rumors are nice and cute, but until something gets done, we're just going to slip in the standings. We're on the outside looking in. And hopefully he makes a move before we have to start this mad scramble. And all of a sudden we're talking about how, well, the Flyers have to win the next five out of six games and then hope Pittsburgh loses three out of four to have a flip coin flip chance at making the playoffs. Oh, you guys remember those days? I think we went to a cup during one of those days, right? Didn't we? When they is made when, is that your next position to your uh, prediction? We're gonna get no. in on the shootout and go to the cup. <laughs> no, no, we don't have Mike Richards on this yeah. hockey team or Chris Pronger or Gagne, <laughs> Danny Briere, Scotty Hardle. Hell, Billy Lano had a hell of a season there. You just reminded me of something I wanted to bring up, and I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this. Uh, you mentioned Mike Richards. This team kind of – they have the skill, certainly, but they lack kind of that drive, motivation, that will and desire to, to heart. win. They lack heart. Right. And so you know who I'm kind of seeing that from a little bit? I want to I want to see if you guys can guess. What are you talking about? Are you talking about just Flyers? 
flyers yeah. on the team right now. Current current flyer on the team who who's kind of showing me that he can be something. He can be very very good. Uh, almost not reminding me exactly like Mike Richards, but reminding me of him in the way that he's got the skill, he's got the drive, determination to to just Scotty Lawton. No, I was Faraby. Yep, yeah. Joel Faraby. He's not a center. Not a center. To be honest, I was thinking a lot in the first. That's what I was thinking. Oh, I, I went straight to center lean, when you mentioned Mike Richards. He leans skill <laughs> towards the end of that, and I was like, "Listen, when we lost to Washington, the one goal scorer was uh, Therabee. You know what he did? He shot the puck. What a what a uh, what an amazing you know concept. Oh, I brought this up in full circle. Do you think that this team is one of the worst odd man rush teams in the league? Hmm. When they get on an odd man rush, they just go full. I almost said it again. They just they just don't know what to do with the puck. They pass, 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 and they're almost past the goaltender. And when they take some low percentage shot, finally. Yeah, I mean they've always been that way. That they got a team full of passers. That's the problem. Uh, Faraby though, twenty two points, twenty two games, still on a point per game pace. Hasn't fallen off. Said a couple weeks ago, if this kid can figure it out and be consistent, he's going to be a stud, and he's doing it right now. Uh, bright spot on the roster. Uh, real quick, I wanted to bring up salary cap here, salary cap thing. So Braun, Haig, Gustafson, I'm going to toss Shane Gossespierre in that mix, are making a combined $10.9 million. If you take Shane Gossespierre out of that, uh, we're looking at five, I'm sorry, six point five that they could have spent on a legit top four pairing defenseman. And they didn't. So that's got to be the GM. Sorry, Chuck. Great first year, but you really fucked up this year, big time. Yeah, this uh, pandemic shortened season really, uh, really screwed. He really had no answers, nothing. No, and I think that's a little bit alarming because, you know, uh, you would you would hope that he would navigate this a little bit better, but he he took a cautious approach, a scared approach, and you know, the, I don't know if the team noticed that and it's kind of like well you know this isn't going to be our year because we're not going to win the Shane Gosses Bear as our top pairing D or you know Justin Braun is our second pairing D you know what I mean only so, if uh, Charlie O'Connor keeps pushing it as a great a great addition a great move Shane Gosses Bear and top top pairing defense yeah uh, like, Corsey <laughs> Christ sakes man yeah, he led the team in shots on goal the other night, and and I think the announcer said it like a positive thing, and I'm like, oof, if Shane Gosses Bear is leading the team on shots on goal, that's a problem, dude, because he ain't hitting the net that often. That means everybody else is missing the net as well. Yeah. Uh, another bright spot, JVR still playing well. Hasn't scored in a couple games, but uh, I believe they'll come. Uh, who else is playing well here, guys? It was we funny you to... brought up uh, Farabee. He's the one flyer who doesn't play – the game like the rest of the Flyers. Mm. Is that something? Go ahead, elaborate. I feel like a he bit. shoots when everybody else would have passed. <laughs> I mean, he throws he, hits. He, he'll hit. He'll, I mean, <laughs> I, I just feel like he just plays differently than literally everybody else on the Flyers. It's that eighty-six man. Yeah, <laughs> he switched to eighty-six, and he's just a different human being. That's kind of what I was trying to uh, hint at a little bit or get at a little bit. He's just different. He's got the will and desire, and he's got the skill to match it, which I think could be a, a very dangerous combination, you know, now, obviously, and in the future. You know, I think he's going to be a player that makes other guys around him better. Uh, I'm not saying superstar status, but, you know, maybe a top-line player for the Flyers uh, status. I think he's going to be very, very good. 
So they got a player there in Joel Faraby. Uh, I don't know. What else uh, did we miss here, guys? I had a little list of things. Looks like we hit most of it. Anything that we missed that you wanted to bring up on our live show? Get some goddamn toughness in this lineup, which does look like it's going to happen. Andreoff is playing on the wing. So your fourth line will actually be quite physical now. Who, oh, Andreoff's coming in the lineup, you said? Andreoff and Kubel right, will that. be on the same line. And you, we all watched Andreoff play. That dude tries to kill everybody he hits. Who's coming out of the lineup for Andreoff? Bonneman. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I wonder if that has anything to do with uh, what the fact that Bonneman's not that good. Or they're going to defenseman again? Are they going to do that? That again? We, anybody mention that? Well, the seven defensemen they rolled with. I think oh, yeah. they had seven at practice. <laughs> I, I, I mentioned that on Twitter the other day. I was like, and the Flyers dressed seven bad defensemen, and it didn't help. Two <laughs> <laughs> wrongs make a right. That makes sense. Like. Come on, man. That that's your that, that's somebody said it on Twitter too. That that is Fletcher trying to make his signing and his structuring work. Like we'll just start all of them. <laughs> and and that, God, that, God forbid it. that was God forbid that was his attempt at a showcase. What a joke. <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> what a joke. Would you guys be upset if the Flyers turned into some sort of seller at the deadline? No. no, like I said, I want them to pick. Decide what the fuck you're doing at this point. Let, let me Decide ask you a question. And Kyle, you did mention this earlier. And I, if they get to that point, then yeah, I think they should start selling, you know, for what they can and you know, build towards next year. Because you look at this team, what they are right now. Do you honestly look at them and say this team can make a run? Because I don't. I, I don't. Even if they add them at home, I'm still a little. I gotta see them play. Now I, I don't. There's, I just don't see it. I, I do not see it. I don't. What would make you feel confident about this team? And because they're not one defenseman away, and we're already over glorifying a guy like Ekholm. He's good. We could use him. He's probably one of the best defensemen on our team. But is that really saying something? Like it's not like we're adding a Drew Doughty in his prime for Christ's sake. It's it's an Ekholm. He was like the fourth fiddle in Nashville. Like, so if the Flyers become sellers, I don't I don't want to see it like sell. I don't want to see it as a like a rebuild kind of sell. I want to see it as a retool for next year kind of sell. Like yeah. uh, maybe pick up somebody who is on IR. You know what I mean? Grab a couple guys that are legit freaking players, but their team's making a run, but they're on IR, and we can move some pieces around and pick them up. And you're upgrading the position, not for this year, but for next year. You know what I mean? Like I don't want them to sell and be like, oh, we're, we got – 13 draft picks this year in a draft where nobody fucking knows any of the goddamn players in it because none of them played for most yeah, of the season. Like, here they were talking about, I hopefully it doesn't happen, like pushing the draft back. It sounds like it's still going to be in July, but because of what Kyle just said, they were talking about pushing it back. God, I hope that's not the case. But as far as the retool, we'll call it, uh, yeah, I hope they don't move anybody that they were looking at, you know, the long-term guys because they're worried. You're not going to move Voracek because he makes too much money. You're not going to move uh, Giroux or a guy like that. I wouldn't mind if they picked up draft picks, but that's only part one. Part two is they have to use those draft picks, not to draft, to acquire a better defenseman or to flip whoever or to make sure they that, that Seattle takes 
Borchek, and we can keep our team intact and then use that money to get a defenseman. Like it's part one of the plan. If they get assets, as long as they use those assets correctly, and as Kyle's alluding to, they cannot be drafting with those assets. They need to make the team better now, especially if they're trading pieces off. Wouldn't mind seeing the move go, to be honest with you. He's probably got a little more value simply for the fact that he's played. Take your opportunity. I mean, I mean, ghosts for sure. I would take a seventh round draft pick for. I don't even hey, know. It was a bag of pucks draft. last year, right? <laughs> it was the bag of pucks last year, right? But the main thing is getting that money off the cap. You know, I'm at the point now where I was like, we need to get something for the guy. He's young. He is who he is. He's 100% healthy this year. He's not been that guy. He's been, he's who we expect. He's all those 65 point guys. You don't even hear from them anymore on Twitter because ghost is a joke. Like he's been better than some of the other defensemen, but some of the other defensemen aren't NHL defensemen. That doesn't make ghost good. All of a sudden that makes him better than the shit. He's the shiniest turd in the bowl. Great. That doesn't make us a playoff team. And he's making the most money out of all those guys. So if they can acquire draft picks and then he's got to be smart about this. And it's really not that hard. You know, trade whatever you don't see yourself using for the future. Take those picks or prospects, whatever the hell you get, and either immediately acquire more help or use it to make them take Jake or whatever and then take that money and acquire what you need. This isn't rocket science. I don't think it'd be that big of a deal. Would you move a pick for someone to take Ghost? What pick? Uh, <laughs> not a first. That's a valid point. Not a first. <coughs> I consider I would, a second, but I, I would move. I would move a fifth and ghost for a seventh. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even need anything back, head. man. Just get the You're hell out of here. In a flat cap error to get for future, future yeah. for future considerations. <laughs> yeah. That happen all the time. What What was the movie where uh, I think it was? You ever see Moneyball when oh, uh, they were they were paying for their own sodas or whatever? Just pay for our sodas for the year, and you can have Ghost. He, he threw that in, yeah. Just fill my <laughs> fill my machine for three years. <laughs> yeah. Get this guy the fuck out of here, man. And then you know what's funny? You don't hear Chicago fans going, "Oh, Eric Gustafson had a sixty point season back in the day. Can't trade him. Sign him for four years for four point five. They're not saying that. Yeah. They knew it was a, an epiphany. They know it's not really who he is. Go, that's never going to happen again. Ghost is never going to sniff 50 points again. Playing okay now. He ain't going to fucking sniff 40. No. He is what he is. And I, I think the sooner people realize that, the sooner they can, you know, stop getting their panties in a twist over Shane Goss' spare. God, just put your fucking calculator down and watch the game. I you beg you. Calculator. Listen, you can manipulate the numbers to tell whatever story you want to tell. I promise you that. I bet you the and they do it in court all the time. Two different defense attorneys bring in experts. They use the same information and they each tell a different side of the story. You know, I took I took Jack's advice last year with the uh, manipulating the numbers however I want, um, and the IRS just contacted me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Ace Davos is not a four and a half million dollar player. No, he's not a fucking two and a half million dollar player. <laughs> no, nope. yeah, so, I mean, it, there, I don't think it's what he needs to do is all that hard. Uh, but I think he's going to sit on his hands, hope that Vigneault and the team turn it around. Uh, I think he's going to express interest in Ekholm and Savard. They could honestly use both of them if they're serious about winning. Um, but ultimately, I don't think anything gets done. 
and we get our version of Derek Grant on like defense, like whatever, whoever that is, a one year fill in stopgap kind of guy. That I would be okay game. with that as long as Ekholm comes too. I just that's just it. I don't. I would be too because I think Ekholm and Savard is like seriously wishful thinking. But like, yeah, if you're I, at two him, top four defensemen. That ain't gonna right. happen. Well, I mean, but I don't think Savard would cost all that much. I mean, he's a one year deal. You can let him walk. He's oh, he's good, but he's not that good. You know, and the team's bad, so they're going to move him. You know, I I just don't think that he'll do that. And Ekholm's going to cost you a pretty penny. If they got him, they can add literally anybody else to this team. Bring back Coburn for all I care. And that would be better than what we had. Like, seriously. I just don't think he'll do it. We might get that second part, but not not the big piece, shiny piece. I don't see it happening. No. Fletcher's a bitch, just like the players on this roster. Let's wow. look ahead real quick. So it looks by the look of the schedule, we'll be recording hopefully Tuesday night next week. Looks like the Flyers play Thursday, Saturday against the Capitals, two big games, and then they have the Rags on Monday night. How do we see these three games playing out? Oh, and three. Oh, my God. For real? For real. Okay. Uh, I would say that if that happens, something – a move's got to be made. How do you see these next three games playing out, Jack? I see one point. I see wow. them moving to Washington in both games. I see them going down 4 nothing against the Rangers. I see them somehow coming back and tying it, going into overtime shootout and losing. Okay. I am Undefeated for Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Cup, things turn around hard, three shutouts. <laughs> I'm going to say 2-0-1. I'm going to say they win wow. one against the Caps. Uh, they lose one overtime shootout, whatever, and then they beat the Rangers on Monday night. Yeah. What do you guys think, though? Should Hart play in either of the Capitals games or should he have off till Monday? Uh, I would play him in the Saturday game. He, he's he been better against Washington. You just can't play Elliott too much. It depends how Elliott plays in game one. If LA yeah, gets blown true. out, you go right to fucking heart. Yeah. Fuck it. But I think we're going to start seeing more. I think uh, this is painful for me to say, but I think we should start seeing Elliot more 60 uh, 40 role where Elliot's the 60 and Hart's the 40 until he can get back on track. Or they add a fucking defenseman to help everybody out. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe some things to look forward to. Maybe not. Most likely not with this team. Uh, either way, we'll be back next week. Maybe live, maybe not. Make sure you check out some of our recent shows. Uh, we had Full Circle with Jack. Came out Monday. Jack and Steve. Awesome show. We had an episode of The Sheriff come out with Kyle and Sean. Uh, I was going to call you Sean, Kyle. Sorry. Kyle, you guys had a, a guest. Why don't you tell us about that episode? Yes, we had uh, what everybody was hailing as the Zamboni driver who got a win in the NHL. Uh, David Ayers joined us. Uh Guy's a class act. You guys really got to drop by, check out that episode. He was, he was a lot of fun to talk to. It was, it was entertaining to get his perspective. You mean you got a guy coming in that has never played above AAA to, to, into an NHL game. That's that is freaking impressive. That's a pretty cool guest to get on, man. It's like it's such a unique guest, you know. Uh, perfect word. I was gonna say how rare and unique to get somebody like that. First off, the situation, but yeah. then to get him on, that's awesome. Like 
only emergency goalie ever to get a win in the NHL. Wasn't he, he employed with Toronto too? Yeah, he was the Zamboni <laughs> driver for the Maple Leafs. He actually, funny story, he wasn't he wasn't actually the Zamboni driver. Okay. I don't yeah, I remember, I thought I heard that, but he was employed with the Maple Leafs, right? No, he he was uh do, he did something with the Maple Leafs. We actually didn't get into what he was actually doing. He was doing some kind of like rink maintenance to an extent. And then he said he was watching the guys shoot around on an empty net, like in warmups, but like they were just kind of out there shooting around. And he was like, Hey, I got some gear. Let me go put it on. So he went out there and then they, they kept texting him like, Hey, we don't have a goalie come play. <laughs> so he was just wow. practicing with the Marlies and the Maple Leafs. And then they were like, Hey, you should be our emergency goalie. That's sick. Yeah, that's awesome, so cool. awesome guest, that awesome shit. episode. Once in a generation kind of shit. <laughs> like that's awesome. That'll yeah. never happen again. That'll never mm-hmm. happen again. Yeah. Another episode coming out later this week. You want to plug that? Yeah, we had Danny Granger on from Danny Granger Art. You guys gotta go check out his shit. It, he does some amazing work. He uh, does a lot of cool artwork with uh, Sharpie. And he actually is the only uh, person who does all of Doug Gilmore. I know everybody who knows who Doug Gilmore is. He does mm-hmm. all of Doug Gil- Gilmore's personal collection and Doug Gilmore's um, artwork for his shirts for his uh, personal collection on sale. That's it. It's it's impressive, man. He's a, he's really cool. He does tons of stuff. Yep. So we are just overflowing with hockey content for y'all make sure you check out those episodes you can find them all on hwhockey.net make sure you subscribe to us on apple podcasts or spotify follow us on twitter uh facebook and instagram at hw radio 18 and let's have some fun let's talk some hockey guys we'll be back next week hopefully talking about three wins most likely not but let's hope anyway so for jack kyle and myself Good fight. Good night.